Think God can't use you? Think he only uses perfectly qualified people? Take a closer look. Moses was not a great speaker. Jonah ran from God. Jacob was a liar. Noah got drunk. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair. Jeremiah was depressed a lot. Solomon was rich in wisdom, but poor in lifestyle. John the Baptist was just plain poor. Timothy was too young. Abraham was too old. Lazarus was dead. Sarah was barren. Naomi was a widow. Gideon and Thomas both doubted. And so did Sarah. Peter lacked self-control. James and John were self-righteous. Paul had a short fuse. Well, so did Peter and Moses. Actually, lots of people did. God's army isn't perfect. It never has been. It's the march of the unqualified. Get in line. For those of you that do not know, we are in a new sermon series called Unqualified, where we are looking at different men and women of Scripture who maybe by their outward appearance, maybe by society's standards, or maybe just by their own doubts in their life, they felt unqualified to do what God was calling them to do but how God used them anyway. So that's the series that we're in right now, and I'm really excited to be talking about today's message in particular because we are going to be looking at a very, very special woman of the faith named Mary. I had originally planned for Mary to be last week, but obviously thought she would be more fitting for this week on Mother's Day. Uh, But Mary's life is really unique, and I think offers a lot of encouragement to each of us. Whether you're a man or you're a woman, I think you can look at her life and be encouraged by how she lived and what God had done through her. Uh, But before we officially dive into God's Word, I'm going to go ahead and start us off with a time of prayer. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes once more with me as we pray for today's message. So, Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you uh, for Mother's Day. Lord, I recognize that um, this is a season of celebration, but for some moms and for some women out there, it's also a reminder of pain. The loss of a child, or maybe not even being able to have a child. And these pains can cause us to hide in a day like this or just be reminded by some of those losses that we've uh, experienced in life. And I do pray for those mothers, Lord. I pray that you would comfort them, that you would help those women to uh, recognize and understand their great value and the love that you have for each and every single one of them. 
But Lord, we don't want to stop praising you as well for our mothers that, that we have. Lord, we're so thankful that we get to take this moment in the year to really, really say thank you. Thank you to the moms that have cared for us so faithfully, that have nurtured us, loved on us, and raised us up in the ways that we should go. Lord, we're grateful for that, and we celebrate in you, Lord, for creating motherhood. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So while today's scripture reading was in the book of Proverbs, we're actually going to be in the book of Luke. So at this time, I want to encourage you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, where we are going to be spending our time in today as we look at the life of Mary. Uh, If you didn't know, the story of Mary and Jesus' birth Um, are outlined in a couple of the gospel books. There's four gospel books that kick off the New Testament. Uh, But I really like Luke's gospel book in particular. If you didn't know, the author Luke, who wrote this book, uh, was considered to be a physician, a doctor. So he was a very detailed, oriented person when he wrote the book. And uh, As many of you also know, we had recently completed the book of Acts. So the same person who wrote the book of Acts also wrote this book, Luke. And he actually meant for those two books to be read together. So we are going to be in Luke chapter 1, verses 26. Now, Before jumping in and talking specifically about these verses that are going on, I want to offer a little bit of context and as well as recognition of motherhood. You know, something that I said specifically in my prayer just now that you probably heard was I tried to take some time to point out the fact that Mother's Day is a day that we celebrate. I'm looking around the room and I see moms and I see grandmas and I know that today is a wonderful day where you get to be reminded and hopefully your kids do some reminding as well at how much they appreciate your influence in their life. But I also want to take the time to recognize that sometimes this day could be hard for some of us, right? Some of us have experienced great loss in our lives where we have had to maybe bury a child or maybe have tried to have a child, but for one reason or another, something didn't work out. Or sadly enough, maybe your mother in your life wasn't the kind of idealistic mother that many of us strive and want to be. But nonetheless, we take the time to recognize the good of what this day is about because we see and we understand that each and every single person in this room, if we are alive, it's because there was a woman that brought us into this world, right? There was somebody that gave us life into this world that hopefully cared for us and hopefully loved on us. And I think it's a great time during this season to think about the ways that our mothers have shaped our lives. 
maybe as a child, uh, the care that was given while we were sick, the encouragement of words spoken into our lives of affirmation and kindness. And whatever it is that you might think about, the beauty is, is that God created moms and dads, right? And God created the families that we have, and He instituted that as a blessing. So we celebrate for that reason. Because we're thankful that the Lord created motherhood. So in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Now, there aren't a lot of angels that are named in the Bible. There's kind of the two famous ones that we know about, Michael, and then the other one being Gabriel. Now, Gabriel comes and goes to the town of Nazareth, a town in Galilee, and it says, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, here is what's key. Joseph is a descendant of who? Of David. So, the virgin's name was Mary. This is important that this person was a virgin. Now, verse 28 says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, a little bit of context here. What's going on? Scripture is taking the time to set something up meaningful. So it mentions this person named Elizabeth. Who is Elizabeth? Elizabeth specifically is Mary's cousin. And something remarkable already happened to this person named Elizabeth. And some of you who have maybe read scriptures before uh, can remember what this remarkable thing was. And that was specifically that in her older age, God blessed Elizabeth with a child named, anybody guess? John, correct, blessed uh, Elizabeth with a child named John. And if you read the scripture about that, it's kind of funny how John's father ends up becoming mute and all these things happen. But what ends up happening with the life of John is John ends up becoming the same John the Baptist that we know about later in, in, in scripture. The man who lived out into the wilderness, who prepared the way for Jesus's announcements and ministry into the world. This is the same John that said, you know, I don't even deserve to untie your sandals, Jesus, let alone baptize you. So what Luke is doing here is he's linking up these two powerful moments where God has brought forth a miraculous situation of motherhood. One with Elizabeth, and now the other one with Mary, as we're about to see. But the setup between Mary goes back and points to this person named David. Why is that? Well, if you know your scriptures well, hundreds of years ago, 
what happened was God offered a promise to Israel that through the line of David, God was going to bring a Savior into the world. Now, if you know anything about the line of David, then what you know is is that the line of David was plagued with both good kings and bad kings. The kingdom of Israel had struggled for years and years and years, and really since David, there was division after that. The kingdom of Israel never really saw the splendor of their entire nation since David and maybe Solomon's passing. That is, pretty much every single generation after that, as hundreds and hundreds of years continued to go by, the nation of Israel struggled. So there was this deep hope and this deep desire that hopefully one day things would be better. Now eventually, what we would learn is of this prophecy that God was going to do something miraculous, that He was going to usher in this King who would again restore Israel in its glory. And He would do more than just that. So this angel, as I read, goes up to Mary and says to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now I like how Mary responds to this. In verse 29, it says that Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, we've seen already, right, when Gideon was visited by an angel, he kind of was also troubled. And now Mary, when she's being visited by an angel, she's also troubled. So it's interesting to me that these angels come and they offer these good pronouncements to these people, but yet they feel troubled by it. And I don't know all the reasons why, but if maybe I were to take a small guess, perhaps Mary doesn't see herself the way that God sees her. This is a common struggle that many of us have, is it not? You all right there, buddy? <laughs> This is a common struggle that many of us have, is it not? That sometimes we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. So the angel replies to her and says, but the angel says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give Him the throne of His father, David, and He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I think this is probably some of the best news that you could possibly ever get if an angel was to come and visit you, right? That you have, highly, have found favor in the Lord, and that the Lord is literally through you going to birth forth someone who is going to be in the reign and line of David, and that his kingdom will never end. Now, when Mary hears these things, she's totally shocked. In verse 34, it says, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the Holy Spirit, or, or the angel replies to her, that the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So, what's happening? He's basically saying that God is going to bless you, and that God is miraculously going to bring this about. Now, there's a couple things, though, that I think are worth talking about in this passage. Now, it's easy to get lost in the story of Mary. Meaning that it's easy to just kind of read this and know that, yeah, Mary had a, a child and that child was Jesus and he would go on to do great things. But if you think about it and if you know their culture, then you would have known that Mary was most likely a teenager. You see, Mary wasn't really anybody special in her time of day. She probably wasn't even old enough to make something special of herself yet. And oftentimes, especially in that world, women most likely stayed home and maybe they attended to a few things, but it's not like in today's world where you can quote-unquote do something great and then become famous for it and then everybody in the news capture it. It was different. She had a plan, and that plan was to marry Joseph, and those things were lining up well, and it seemed like Joseph was going to be a good husband to her. But now, all of a sudden, this message comes in that she's going to have this child. Now, I think it's amazing how God works and that God often does things that totally go against the expectations that we would have. You would think that God would have maybe waited for Mary to have married Joseph, right? Or maybe... God should have waited for Mary to have gotten a little bit older and wiser and, and more, you know, into her adulthood. But God chose to bless her in this time. And because of it, without a shadow of a doubt, when we look at what happens to her and when she looks at what happens to her, there is no question that God is working in this moment. But that probably didn't take away any of the fears that Mary would have had. It would have been a scary thing, right? To be able to experience this all at once. To get this message and to realize that your plans are kind of shifting. 
You know, in today's world, we often try to plan all these details out, right? Many of us will say to ourselves, well, I'm going to graduate high school, and then after high school, I'm going to go get some sort of form of formal education or start a trade, and then after I do that, then hopefully I'll meet a woman, and then after we purchase a home, we'll have, you know, two-point-something kids, and then, and, you know, we need to make sure we have our 401k in place first, and that we're in a good neighborhood, and that the, the school district's at least a B school, and then that's usually how we think things through. But here she just has this unexpected moment of being blessed with motherhood. And I think for many of us, that could have been hard, right? Because oftentimes we want to make our plans so that we can stick to our plans and so that we can control the way that we want to see things happen. But I believe that what God was doing was greater than what Mary could ever have planned for. Now you know that could preach, right? Because what does that mean for each of us? That means that what God is doing in our lives is oftentimes better and bigger than what we could plan for ourselves. And that all we need to do is really trust, trust that the Lord has our hearts, our life, our goals, everything in mind when he tries to plan our steps. Now, as these things are spoken over Mary, and she's given this news about her being uh, an expectant mother, listen to how Mary responds in verse 38. She says this, I am the Lord's servant, answered Mary. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I think her response is key. And I think it could be a mistake for us to not recognize just how important that response was. And I think that if we take the time right now, if, if, if there's anything to take away from this message, it is that phrase, I am the Lord's servant. My only point today for you here is are you the Lord's servant. I know it's more of a question, but I think it's an important one at that. Are you the Lord's servant? You know, something that was different when it came to Mary versus many of the other people that we've seen throughout Scripture is that oftentimes when an angel would come or when something would happen, there would always be this situation of doubt, of untrust, and, and, and maybe even a crooked path to be able to fulfill what God wants this person to do. I mean, even think about the life of David himself, right? He was a man after God's own heart. 
heart, but he was also an, an adulterer and a murderer. Think about Gideon. Gideon. God gave Gideon a word, but Gideon also severely doubted and needed to constantly be reassured by God to do what God was calling him to do. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And just as we talked about last week with Elijah, Elijah lived a strong life and a long life serving the Lord, but towards the end of it, got so depressed that he wanted God to just take him off the face of the earth. But yet here, in the story of this little teenager... This girl that is just in some ways so young, she offers so much wisdom and so much poise that it's no wonder why God chose her to be the one that would birth the Savior of the world. And that she would say this, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Church, do you have that kind of posture? Is that your, whether you're a man or a woman, is that your response to God? Is that your response to living out your Christian life daily that ultimately I am the Lord's servant and may His Word be fulfilled in my life? You know, sometimes I, I look at my wife and I look at the difference in how we parent, and I'm sure all the moms and dads in this room can can think of different ways that that their husband or their wife parents. You know, oftentimes I'll let Theodore go to the furthest part of the edge before pulling him back, and my wife is you know trying to keep Theodore as safe as possible all the time. You've seen this happen, right? Where, where maybe in, in, in a woman's perspective, you know, compared to dad, dad will, will throw him up a little too high. Can you imagine what it would have been like if your child was the savior of the world? <laughs> I mean, we have all these fears and anxieties over our kids' well-being, let alone Jesus, the one that's supposed to have a kingdom that lasts forever. I can't imagine what that would have looked like. But I think the lesson that we need to take with ourselves today that we can apply is are you a servant to God? Are you willing to do what God calls you to do in life? And if you are, then there's not much more that we have to worry about, right? Because the Holy Spirit will lead us. The Holy Spirit will guide us. The Holy Spirit will minister to us and help us through every situation that we go through. 
because God is faithful to his people. You know, Mary would eventually give birth to Jesus. And while she had the great honor and blessing of being a mom, it must have been very difficult. One, because of all of just the adversity that she had to face. But two, how do you parent a child when they're literally the one that's probably always right? (laughs) You ever think about that? (laughs) But ultimately, realizing that your son is destined to die. That your time on this earth with them will be numbered. That there is a running down of the clock. I can't imagine what that would have been like for Mary to have witnessed her son being hurt and crucified and and just going through what he went through. But one of the things that I think that encourages us with is to realize that Our influence on our child's life for however long or short it might be matters. Mothers, know this and know this well, that you are an anchor for your children. That your children, whether they verbalize this or not, look to you for so much more than you possibly know. You are special to them. You help hold their world together in many ways. When they are down, when they are struggling, when they are in need, they think of their mothers. Because mothers are really good at reminding their children that everything's going to be okay and that I love you. And for that, we're thankful for moms. We're thankful for everything that moms do in our lives, and we know the list is long. But I pray that today as we close out this message that you'll be encouraged by those same words that Mary said. That I am the Lord's servant and may your word to me be fulfilled. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much Mother's Day. We thank you for all of the moms in the room today. I pray, Lord, that we can just always, always, always take the time, not just once a year, but daily, to be able to recognize the great care and love that moms offer our lives. We thank you, Lord, for how moms have modeled so well what it means to be a woman that fears the Lord. I just pray, Father, for each and every single mother in this room that you would continue to bless their ministry to their children, to their families.
Lord, for the women that might not even be moms in this room, that they would realize that there is somebody out here in this world that they can be the kind of mother to, mentor in that way. Father, I already know that there's a few women in this church that do that for me oftentimes with my mother being thousands of miles away. And I'm grateful for that, Lord. But ultimately, Lord, we are so thankful for the work that you do in and through each and every single one of us. May each of us, as Mary responded to you, have a posture in our hearts where we say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. That is our heartbeat, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.